Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we talk about a different kind of booze. Yeah, and uh, this week we're celebrating our 100th episode. Yeah, doing something a little bit different. We're doing a completely blind taste test. Yeah, so you can't see this. But we can't see it either. We can't see it either. So I'm blindfolded Stu. I'm blindfolded Michael. (laughs) Cheers. So blindfolded wine, such a strange concept. Because I mean, you can't see, like the listeners can't see what we're doing anyway. But it's now just for us. This might have made a better video. Well, it it might have, but by that same token, though, for for purely scientific purposes and for testing and for knowing what it is, yeah. Like for ourselves and testing ourselves and how good we are at working out what a wine is and for the experience of it. That I mean, is true. Think about how much more we can experience <laughs> the smells and nuances and flavors of a wine mm. when we're not, when we don't even know what it is, when we're not looking at it. That is true. That is true. Um, so we've got a, we've got your partner. Uh, pouring our drinks for us today, she's uh, pouring pouring them one at a time. She'll pass them to us, and we can taste them, and hopefully not spill too much all yes. over ourselves. So yes, three. <laughs> I suppose we we might as well break into the full explanation here. Yeah, because three bottles of wine have been randomly selected from about forty five or so bottles of red and white. Mm. You got quite a quite a selection here. Yeah, and so. And basically every type that there is, Jerif, Merlot, Syrah, Shiraz, Cabernet Sauvignon, Tempranillo. Malbec. Yeah. Uh, Chardonnay. And, yep, Chardonnay, Riesling. Mm. Like We've pretty much got the possibility of what we're drinking being anything. Yeah. Except for a sparkling white. We know it won't be a sparkling white because... The sound of it being opened would be a giveaway. It would be a dead giveaway. Unless she opened one anyway. And then didn't pour it. Yes. But that would be a waste of a bubbly. It would. <laughs> we can't have that. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. It should be interesting. Yes. So we're just waiting on the first wine. Wine the first. I have no idea what she selected. I have no idea where she is. All I hear is silence and footsteps. We've done uh, blind taste testers before, and we've still we've had a little bit of a visual giveaway, or we've had uh, uh, categories of what we're drinking. Yeah, and we we've often had. A giveaway in the the shape of the bottle. There just seems to be, and admittedly, with wine, there's less of a giveaway because most bottles are the same size, same shape. Yeah, especially but, for the same variety. But the lid can be a giveaway. That's true. And, like the uh, notable colours or a logo on top. Yeah, and sometimes we do see the lid 
on on something. But this time, there's no category. It's just wine. Yep. Which makes it very broad and should also make it very challenging. Yeah. Because we've done blind... We have done blind wines before, haven't we? Yeah. Um, But, I mean, especially with blind spirits, they're easier to tell because even though we hide the bottles, the bottle cap is the giveaway. The bottle shape, the general shape is the giveaway with the more squat bottles having the more expensive uh, booze. Yeah, and uh, obviously the appearance of the drink can be a giveaway as well. Mm. Well, I'm thinking with that tequila. Yeah. (laughs) When we had the... What was it? There was a cheap tequila, which wasn't that bad, and that had a plastic lid. Yeah. We had the Jose Cuervo? Yeah, we we had... Well, we had the 1800 Anejo. Yep, and it was a Sierra. Yeah, it was a Sierra was the other one, yes. Not Jose. And the... When you poured it, you could see the difference. Mm. Like, not so much between the Sierra and the, the cheap one. I forget what that what it was. Yeah, I, I can't recall what the cheapest was either, mm. but... But it looked... But as soon as you poured the 1800 in there, huh? Yeah, we, uh, we Apart just from knew. the shape of the bottle being a dead giveaway that it was fancy. Yeah, and the bottle cap. It was yeah. a cork, if I remember. Yes. Yes, yeah. cork and wood. Yeah. Pure class. Too much, too much of a giveaway. But now we're not touching the bottles. We're not seeing the bottles. No. We're just being handed a glass with wine in it, and then we are going to attempt to work out what it is. Yeah, and of course we're going to tell you about the flavors of it. And later on, we'll have the reveal. Yeah, of course. Today, different from our other blind taste test, is we're not trying to pick where it fits price-wise. No. Because you don't buy, you tend not to buy cheap wine, and in this particular instance, it's not really that relevant. Yeah, not for this one. We're looking for more for the differences between the styles, and trying to knuckle down on what you'd expect, I guess. Yeah, and testing our own knowledge of those styles as well, and I guess on how much. They're like that style because we have had a number of Shirazes that didn't have that punch that you often get from a Shiraz, mm. but they were every bit of Shiraz. Yeah, or a Tempranillo that was more like a Shiraz than the Shiraz I had at the time, or a um, what else have we had? Oh, a really sort of uh, full flavored Riesling. With the Mm. monsters, monsters attack. Yeah. And it was sweet, but not overly sweet. And you could probably be forgiven for not thinking it was a Riesling at all. Yeah. So we have had typical typical wines for their variety, and we've also had uh, atypical wines for the variety. And of course, if it's been made with a Shiraz grape, it is a Shiraz, whether they've managed to work some kind of voodoo magic and change the flavors or not. Yeah. All right, I think it might be time for wine the first. Yes. Please present us with the first wine. All right. I've got to find the, the rim. There it is. 
<laughs> this is fascinating. Okay, so I'm smelling it, and immediately it's it's a white. Well, you can almost smell the cold. Yeah, and there's a floral, yeah, definite sort of a floral bouquet to it. There's almost a woody note to it as well. So I'm thinking um, one of the stronger whites, stronger flavoured whites, maybe a, or sorry, drier whites, like a uh, Chardonnay. Mm, Chardonnay was my first thought as well. It does smell very Chardonnay. Not not an oaked Chardonnay, however. No, I, I think probably an unwooded Chardonnay, yeah. but just... Yeah, sorry, wooded was the word I was mm. looking for. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Not going to bother clinking because nope. I can't, can't see. see. <laughs> no, that's not a Chardonnay. No. I think this. Oh. It's it's very. It's got a lot of apple flavors, like apple and pear, and. Mm. And it really could be anything. Do I had everything in there? <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I'm confused because yeah, there are. It's really fruity. It tastes even fruitier than it smells, and yeah. it's it's not as dry as it smelt. No, it smelled really dry, but it is smooth. This one, <laughs> you've given us a hard one. Mm, it's yeah, smooth and sweet. But the it's got a nice um nice mouthfeel. Strong tannins kind of really hits the, really hits the soft palate with the aftertaste. I'm thinking it's, uh, well, it, it's too fruity to be a Sauvignon or Semillon Sauvignon Blanc. Um, I'm thinking perhaps a a Riesling or a Vognier, even though we were talking about Rieslings earlier. But this, I, I've had dry Rieslings, and this tastes kind of like a dry Riesling as opposed to a sweet Riesling, like the Monsters. Mm. And having just tasted again, I'm thinking it might be a Sauv Blanc. Mm. Or possibly a semi-Sauv Blanc. Maybe you're right. It is very light, and semi-Sauv Blancs are quite light. Are quite light, but still fruity and sweet, because it's not overly sweet. I don't think it's... It's not Riesling sweet. <laughs> no. That, you, tr- true, true. But, but it definitely has a sweetness to it and a lightness and a fruitiness. But I think there's a slight slight tones of spice as well. It could be a very young semi-Sav Blanc. That's perhaps why it's so mild in flavour. Mm. Yeah, it could be a young one. Well, I'm very curious because this is it's nice. <laughs> at, at any rate, this is a very pleasant white wine. Yeah. Well, that's to be expected, Mickle. You have a fantastic selection. Well, yes, thank you. I do I do choose with care. I do choose with care. Since we reckon it's probably a semi-Sav Blanc, what would be the differences in regions to uh, give it this particular flavour? Do you know that much? Oh, oh that requires some thought. Um, are, you, are you game to try and guess the region? I... Honestly, don't know enough about wine. This is Australian, because all of my wines are. Okay. So, which are the, the main wine regions for uh, Sauvignon Blanc or Semillon Sauvignon Blanc? So, a lot of whites come out of South Australia. Hmm. Or um, 
uh, southern Western Australia. And southern Western Australia, yeah. Yeah. And some out of Victoria as well, admittedly, but I don't think as many as South Australia. Hmm. But then there's even some nice whites that grow out of Brisbane, though this wouldn't be from Brisbane. No, it doesn't... I don't think I ever... I don't think I've had a wine out of Brisbane. Oh, the... um, I'm drawing a complete blank on the name now. The... There's a winery on the south side called... A Cirame? Cirame, yes. So the, the Cirame winery do quite a nice um, blend. I haven't had any of their pure wines, mm. but I had their... Um, I think they called it New Day white wine blend. It was very fresh and fruity and quite pleasant. But this was also quite some time ago. That may not even exist now. <laughs> right. You know, as this wine starts to warm up a little bit and uh, breathe a little bit more, I'm starting to lean towards uh, your guess, the Semillon Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, certainly. I think the as it warms up, the aftertaste is changing. Mm. The notes are slightly changing. I'm still... I'm getting hints of... like. Sort of hints of um, apple and pear. Mm, absolutely. And slight hints of citrus as well, though, I think. But yeah, the tannins are very subtle. And it's still got that very floral fragrance. It's not changed excessively with the adjustment in temperature. Well, it's also only been a handful of minutes. Yeah, and it hasn't been that long since the bottle was opened either. Yeah. So we can expect the flavor profile to develop as it sits. Very interesting. But obviously we can't, uh, we don't have the luxury of sitting around for hours to fully experience these wines at, the, at potentially their best. Yeah, no, we, I mean, we've got a podcast to record. Yeah, I mean, they'll be pretty close, I'm sure. Um, but we'll have to... Have to see how they go. Yes. Um, I, I don't even know how much is left in my glass. So No, me either. But that's, <laughs> that's all we've got really to talk about for this one. So yeah. we'll take our time and finish these off and then we'll get into number two. That's it. All right. Let's, uh, let's do a time, time warp. What do you reckon? Yep. You know what's occurred to me normally, because I thought we've run out of stuff to talk about really fast. Yeah. And it occurred to me we generally spend quite a bit of time commenting on the color, you know, and describing what the color is and pointing out to the audience that they can't see this. But But we're we're running the the same thing as you guys this time. We can't actually see what we're drinking either. Yeah. So we, we can't see the color. We don't know what it looks like. Just as you do not know what it looks like. Hmm. I mean, we'll... I think we'll... uh, At the end of the episode, once the blindfolds have come off, we should uh, pour a small portion into another glass to describe what they look like. Yes. Hmm. And, of course, we'll tell the good listeners all about what they actually are. Of course. Wine. All right. Here we go. Wine this second... Coming into our hot little hands, I think. Here it is. Yes. You've got the stem. I have a stem and a base. 
Okay, so I think I've got it. Yeah, I'm smelling a very, uh, yeah, almost like tomato soup. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's kind of like tomato sauce, but not. Yeah, tomato soup it strikes me as. and Which I reckon that is definitely a tempranillo because they smell tomato-y. And it, it actually... Dare I say it smells a little bit like a Bloody Mary. Maybe. All right, let's go. But that's because they contain tomato tomato juice. Yeah. Ooh, this one's got a little bit of a bite to it. Um, so medium tannins. So it's a red. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very subtle. I'm I'm finding it to be very subtle. Yeah. So medium to low on the tannins. Uh, a little bit bitey. Which I'm actually surprised about. I haven't had a bitey wine in a while. Oh, I'm not getting any bite from this at all. Really? Like that alcohol bite? No. Huh. Because I did. Just on the on the back of your palate and in your throat. Oh, but, yeah, there it is. I yeah. just took a bigger mouthful. Ah, that was my problem. Yeah. It was the first time <laughs> I took a small one just to roll it across the palate. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very tomato-y. It's certainly full-bodied. Mm-hmm. Very definitely a red, little bit of very strong tomato flavors. What else is there? A little bit of spice. Yeah, it's, this is a real savory wine. I like it. Mm. I yeah, really this, like it. This is a wine that you have to accompany uh, a ragu or something, like a really <laughs> meaty... <laughs> you don't think so? No, I, I'm I'm just drooling at the thought of it. Uh, yeah, uh, yum. Yeah, because even this with a, a pepper steak would probably be yes, fantastic. Absolutely, or a a a paella paella. Oh yes, with the you're talking about the uh, the rice and seafood dish. Yeah, yes, that would definitely go. And generally, one wants to consume seafood with a white, but. But that's got very robust flavors compared to, say, a fish dish or something. Yeah. Or you could um, have a a lamb, like a, a spicy lamb dish. This could work with that too. Like, I'm not talking like European um, lamb. I'm talking Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're not talking like Greek. We're talking no, no. This is a Spanish wine. This I'm certain this is a Tempranillo. And it probably is, but I like it. It tastes like a typical Tempranillo to me, because uh, because and I say I say this because the Tempranillo is the only wine I've had that has any kind of hint of tomato. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on there. It's definitely because it's it's so Italian. Italian. Tempranillo well, is Spanish. Yes, yes, but the flavors <laughs> of this are very Italian. It's very, to, to me, yeah. very reminiscent of a Chianti. Mm. I mean, it's not a Chianti because I know that that's one of the few things that wasn't in my wine rack. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> Un- unless your partner snuck you a Chianti in there without your knowledge. Oh, that's true. That's possible. But I would know a good, I would know a Chianti. <laughs> I've I've had many a Chianti in the past, and I do love a good Chianti. Well, I haven't had one yet. Ah, well, you should have them with uh, some fava beans and some liver. 
Mm. I'll pass. It's, um, yeah, you know, the best reference to a movie ever is A Bottle of Chianti. Okay. Like, don't tell me you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs. No. Ah, because very quoted line. I'm not a horror I ate his liver with some fava beans and a bottle of Chianti. (laughs) That's... It's not really a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller. Six of one, half a dozen of another. <laughs> not really, but all right. <laughs> so back to the wine, though. <laughs> back to the wine, yes. If it's spooky, so, I'm not into it. Yeah, so this this wine, it is smooth. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. <laughs> Sorry, these wines are going to my head. Yeah, uh, like it's it's smooth. Yeah, but, with, that, with that hint of bite, which means mm, you need to drink it slow. Because at first, with the smoothness, like, because it's got the smoothness of a Merlot or a Girif, but... But the flavours... The flavours suggest Tempranillo. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I, I think that you're probably correct, and it's probably a Tempranillo. Which is, which kind of surprises me, because that means I know my wines, and I don't feel like a wine person. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's. I would totally have this again with a, a meaty tomatoey mm. dish, like a Spanish yeah. style cuisine. Oh, even oh, with um, a Spanish style cuisine, yes, but I think this would go amazingly well with a minestrone as yeah. well. I could, I could see that. I honestly, on that vein, if we're if we're talking Italian food, uh, I could see this going well with lasagna. Oh yeah, definitely. Like to to complement the flavors. Yeah, because if we're talking complementary flavors, yeah, yeah, like anything that, that with, a, with a strong, robust tomato mm. flavor mm. to it, it would go very well with. But at the same time, yeah, if you want to get those flavors where it strongly contrasts it, contrasting flavors, I think that this might actually work well if you were to drink it while consuming, say, an apple and rhubarb pie. Interesting. That is. Very different to the flavor profile of this one, of this beverage. It is, but then you never thought the dark chocolate and Shiraz would work. I just never thought Shiraz would work. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've never had a good Shiraz. I've had very few good Shirazes, and that Shiraz was dark. Yeah, dare I say it. The biggest problem, I think, with most people who decide I'm not a wine drinker or I'm not a this drinker or I'm not a that drinker... Yeah. Is that they just haven't hit the right one. Very true. I would definitely agree with that. All right. Um, I'm, I think I'm almost finished. The glass is starting to feel quite light. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think I am as well. I'm still very much enjoying this. Mm. And that it, it's almost like drinking a bowl of soup. Yeah, I, I'm loving the uh, difference in flavors compared to the last version. Oh, last version, last wine. Last wine. <laughs> Yes, compared to uh, compared to wine one point <laughs> wine two point <laughs> they, they've marked improvement. They've patched they've patched a lot of the bugs. <laughs> yeah, they, they've completely revamped it. It's now red instead of white. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. what we haven't really mentioned is the aftertaste on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting kind of a like an onion taste as well to accompany the tomato. Just, yeah. just that hint, just that because hint. initially it's it's tomato and spice, yeah, and it hits the sort of hits the sides of the palate, 
and towards the back. And then as it starts to fade off, yeah, there is almost that kind of caramelized onion flavor. Mm. Like a, a red onion or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely part of a tomato soup. Oh, yes. Maybe maybe a hint of basil? If, if we're going along that vein. Would you agree? Or, or some sort of uh, European herb? What are the Spanish mm. herbs? Because I don't ha- have a lot of... Uh, ex- uh, I haven't had a lot of exposure to Spanish cuisine. No, admittedly, neither have I. But there's definitely some slight spice and herb undertones. Herb more than spice. Very subtle spice, I think. But then, yeah, some herby undertones, especially in the back palate on the aftertaste. Yeah. And so we we basically both decided, though, that this is a Tempranillo. Mm. For sure. Obviously, it's an Australian Tempranillo because you only have Australian wines yeah, in your wine. Yeah, because all of my wines are yeah from Australian small-batch winemakers because, you know, I'm supporting local winemakers, as we all should. As we all should. doesn't matter whether you're from Australia or from France or from America – Support, support your local. Yeah, because we can guarantee you that. there are a lot of vineyards in your area, and they're trying to do their best. Oh, that reminds me, there's a a vineyard on uh, uh, either Mount Nebo or Mount Glorious that I'd really like to visit. On the slopes mm. of the mountain. Sounds like a day trip. I'm keen if you are. There it is. That's my water. Yeah. Yeah. Just very gingerly test for where it is in case you knock it over. <laughs> well, luckily, these have a very low center of gravity. All right. Bring us on uh, drink number three. Yeah, so you shouldn't slosh the wine as you pour it. And why you... not? Because it's a liquid. You can't really... Like, what What does the sloshing do? Does it oxidize it? Does well, it, it add oxygen? Does it bruise it? It, it? does. It, it mixes too much oxygen through it. It aerates it excessively. Then isn't that the same job as a decanter? No. Really? No, because it's it's splashing about. Yeah. So if you pour it in too harshly, too quickly, or from too far of a height, right. it splashes about, and that splashing about adds force. It's a physics thing. Right. It adds force to the liquid, and yep. because technically... It may be a juice of a fruit, but it's still a fruit. <laughs> right. So you can still bruise it. Really? How? Like the with physics, the, the with science. <laughs> so the sloshing action actually has a effect. Oh yeah! If if you were to pour two glasses yep. of the same bottle of wine, one pour one from really high, yep. and pour one carefully, right? You would taste a difference. Really? What about if you pour, if you sloshed one or bruised one, and poured one through a decanter? Oh well, again, you would taste a difference. Really? Because sloshing the wine is not the same as decanting it. That's fascinating. Because if you're pouring wine into a decanter, mm. the shape of the decanter. Mm. means that the wine lands carefully 
and swirls about rather than splashing. We are totally going to have to test this. Yes, for science. <laughs> for science. For the, for the podcast. For science. For the science. Yeah. For the scientific listeners of our podcast. Yeah. Yes. That's really interesting because I can't... It it just doesn't make sense in my head because it's... Aer- both because, seem because to it's be aerating. Liquid. And yeah. it seems like it should just be aerating, but... Yes. But it makes a difference. Mm. So I have just been handed drink the third. Drink? Me too. Look at and that. And I am preparing to inhale... And test the notes of said beverage. Okay, so I haven't, I have no idea what the temperature is, but it smells like a red. Oh, actually, no, I take it back. It smells like a white. Yeah, I was about to say that I'm going to have to disagree with you because it smells like a white to me. Yeah. Look, mate, I'm two wines in. (laughs) Aren't we all, though? (laughs) You can handle your booze better than I can. I mean, I'm pretty sure our listeners are two wines in as well now. If they're drinking along with a good drop, they're probably two glasses in as well. I mean, you can't see this, and neither can we, but it smells like a white. <laughs> it does. It does smell white. I can smell what it was that it's been cleaned and been dried with a cloth and that that cloth has been washed in our washing machine. i got to get my nose right in there to... Really? Because I'm not smelling that at all. The cloth. Really? The cloth has a smell. What? And that smell passes to the glass, and that's what I'm smelling more strongly than the liquid that's in the glass. No, not me. (laughs) Well, lucky you for not having a sensitive sense of smell. (laughs) But for me, the smell of the cloth is overpowering. How fascinating. But yeah, I've just stuffed my whole face in there to get a really good smell of it. And yes, yes, it does smell smell like a Chardonnay. Or, oh, it tastes like a Chardonnay too. Or for those of you who are, for for our listeners in the US, who enjoy Kath and Kim. <laughs> it's a Chardonnay. Smells like a Chardonnay. <laughs> Kath, Kath and Kim's Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Um, definitely. Yeah. Sm- smells so like I've, it, tastes like it. Tastes like an unwooded Chardonnay, because I don't. Tastes much mm. oak. Yeah, it's it's not an overly bitey Chardonnay. It's smooth, it's sweet. Not excessively, obviously, it's a Chardonnay. But the, it's, the tannins are quite noticeable too. Mm. Well, it's also not particularly dry. For a Chardonnay, no. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like for a Chardonnay, it is it's not, dry. not particularly dry. Yeah. If it is indeed a Chardonnay. But it could also be a... No, it's probably not a straight Sauvignon. <laughs> but what if it was? You t- look, you tell me. Like To me, it tastes like a typical Chardonnay. And I'm sticking with that. Yeah, no, now that I've had a bigger mouthful of it, really sort of swirled it about. That's what she said. You're going to cut that, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now that I've had a um, a better mouthful of it and really got the mouth feel and let it roll over my tongue, yeah, definitely. This is most definitely a Chardonnay. Yeah. It sort of hits that, uh, hits that point at the back of your tongue and says, hello. Matt like Walker. Frank- 
<laughs> like yeah. Frank yeah. Walker. Frank Walker. From, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yes, no, it does. Hello. <laughs> Frank Walker from National Tiles. Yeah. Like, but everyone hates that ad, but... But everyone knows that Everyone ad. knows it. We really need to, like, release an unedited version of an episode. <laughs> Like the director's cut or something. People will listen. Kickstarter editions. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the wine, though. <laughs> it's it's very definitely a Chardonnay. I agree. Yeah. Having had a, a bigger mouthful of it, the tannins aren't as strong as you would normally get from a Chardonnay. It's a subtle Chardonnay. Okay. It's a gentle Chardonnay, I think. It gentle. It gently caresses your tongue as a Chardonnay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Chardonnay that it's... I mean, yeah, it's it's making out with you. It's fresh in your hardcore, but it's being gentle. It's <laughs> so I'm finding these flavors to be. It's it's got a nice, subtle, fruity undertone to it. Mm. Like obviously, it's a good Chardonnay because you don't have shit wines for some reason. Like I have no idea how you pick them. Like how do you con? How do you consistently pick really good wines? Practice. I mean, that's really? the, the long and short of it. And we talked that through. Did did we not in, in one wine episode? Oh, probably. You did get me to explain how to select a good wine. Well, yeah, but you have not picked a shit wine yet. And I am dumbfounded how you, how you do it. Like even like online on your uh, wine subscription thing, um, like at Dan Murphy's, I have... Look, they all look the same to me. Like, they all have uh, different coloured labels. They all have uh, different shaped bottles. Um, They all have different divots in the bottom. Like, obviously, the divot at the bottom means that you should age it longer or hold on to the bottle longer before you drink it. But other than that, honestly, I'm just guessing. Well, that's what it is. It's guessing. (laughs) <laughs> but but it's it's educated guessing, and the more educated the guess, the right. better the odds of having a win. Right, and so that's what you've got over me is the the educated guess. Yeah, because it's literally it's based on what year is it, what region is it from, how deep is the divot, and what yep. type of wine is it, and whether or not they put uh, awards on the label. Well, that too. Yeah, awards do make a difference on the label. Okay, but most of the ones that I get from my online subscription wine service don't have awards per se because they're small winemakers and they don't That's what compete I in such things. That's what I thought. Um, so I'm just amazed. I'm amazed. that. But, you, can... you know, they're, they're like the craft brewers of the wine world. Yeah. They have to be good for their own ego. <laughs> <laughs> and they can charge a premium for their own ego. So, so each wine, therefore, has a different style. Uh, so, uh, my favorite craft brewer has its own style. And you can go there and expect a, a beer with this particular style. So, you go to your uh, wine winery list or vineyard list and say, oh, this wine has this style. So, I want one of those. Yeah, well, you can anticipate based on the region or... With your big brands, like if I'm buying from our from our local bottle shop or what have you, based yep. on the brand, you can get a rough idea of what it's going to be like. 
from from the region. Yeah, based on the region and the brand and the divot and the type. Right. And that's that's what you want to work off. You want to work off those things. The I mean, the brand doesn't matter nearly so much as the region, the year, the type of wine, and the divot. Yeah. I mean, I've so, had... So, from from biggest to smallest difference, you've got the type at right at the top. The type is what, what you want to look at first, because obviously yep. that's... If you want to buy a Shiraz, you want to buy a Shiraz. Yeah. And so then... start there. And then second in line would be the region or the country. Oh, the the region, the the region it was growing absolutely. So that'd be the second biggest difference, or would you say something else would be the second biggest difference? Oh no, definitely the region. Yeah, because you know, depending on the flavor profile that you want mm-hmm. for that wine, the region makes a massive difference. Okay. Yeah, as we've mentioned, grapes yeah. get their flavor a lot from the conditions they're growing in. Yeah, from the from the soil, from the uh, climate, more well, microclimate, as the case may be, in, uh, for example, in the Champagne region in France or the Cognac region in France, like just that tiny di- little difference makes a huge difference in the the end product. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so number three would be year. Yes, what year was it made in? How old is it? And then really. Three and four are probably on par because the year of it and the depth of the divot should probably be taken into equal account at the same time. Right. So, say a 2018 with a, a deep divot should be considered very close to a 2017 with a reasonably deep divot. Yeah, and certainly you wouldn't... If you were planning on getting something to drink that night or the next day, that's not the bottle you would want to buy. Don't don't look for the deep divot. Yeah. Because you, you want to buy a coughing wine if you intend to drink it soon. That is fair. That is fair. All right. So, final thoughts on this wine before we do the reveal. Yeah. So, this wine, definitely Chardonnay. Very fruity, very sweet Chardonnay, I think. You reckon? Yeah, I've got a little bit on the sweet side of, of sweet for a Chardonnay. I'm not saying it's a sweet white, but it's a, <laughs> but it's a sweet Chardonnay, and it's not too dry. Right. Yeah. No. It for a Chardonnay is really quite smooth. Um, if you like the the Semillon Sav Blancs or the Vonniers, or uh, actually that's it. Riesling is just in a class of its own. Yeah, because um, if it turns out that this is in fact a Semillon, then look, you know, mate, that explains gonna, why it doesn't I'm really I'm just going to throw like the wine out the balcony if it's a Semillon. I won't actually. No, but it, it could be. It could be a Semillon, but we, we won't know. I seriously doubt it. I would be, I would I, be I think very it's, surprised. I think it's a Chardonnay. I think it's just a not-so-dry, slightly on the sweeter side, Lystanic Chardonnay, yeah. Huh. How about that? All right. I think it's time for the reveal. Yes, so it's time to take off our blindfolds. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and I've taken my blindfold off and I am now blind. Oh my God, yes. Because the light has blinded me. It's and, also now dark outside. Mm, and since we're looking at the wine now, 
we can work backwards, I suppose. We'll we'll go in reverse order, which yeah. we normally don't do for a blind tester. Mate, but mate, let, give my eyes time to adjust. But this time, <laughs> this time we will go backwards, yeah. and we will begin by. I still have a little bit, and it looks very Chardonnay. <laughs> I'm glad you can see, because it's. Very white, almost clear. It's been in the glass for a while. Mm. It's not really... Yeah, it's it's almost completely clear. There's... Yeah. It, it's a very pale... It's a very pale uh, straw colour. Yeah, very, very pale, pale straw colour. Def- definitely typical of a Chardonnay, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, the big question... Is what was number three, and number three was boy meets no. <laughs> so it is boy meets girl Semillon Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So what the hell? I was right when I said it was a Semillon. <laughs> so yes, number three was the boy meets girl anniversary edition. Semillon, well, Sauvignon Blanc Semillon 2017. Wow. And it's really good. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think Boy Meets Girl is one we've mentioned previously in our wine episodes. Yes, because definitely. I do... So I'll read off the label here. For us, 2017 marks five incredible years with Naked Wines and ten rollercoaster years of married life. Mm. To mark this amazing milestone, we have released our anniversary collection... This limited edition label, available only for our wines made in 2017, is our special way of saying thanks for all your support these past few years. Here's cheers to many, many more. And they describe this as a fresh, zippy and easy drinking, light-bodied wine that is a perfect starter for any occasion. They say it has aromas and flavors of citrus, passion fruit and tropical fruits. And that it makes a hit with fresh and barbecued seafood, lemon chicken skewers, and delicious summer salads. Yep. I would definitely agree with all of those. I would agree with everything they've said there. Um, We didn't mention the passion fruit, but... I didn't really pick it, to be honest. It was really... If it was there, it was very subtle. Mm. But there were a lot of subtle... There was a lot of subtle complexity to it. Definitely. That is a very cute description, too. It is. Um, So, very... It was a very nice wine. Um... It was quite dry for a uh, Semillon Sauvignon Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc Semillon. What's the difference? I think I think the, the difference is because they've listed the one listed first probably has the most of the blend. Right, that makes sense. Which so, explains why it was more Sauvignon than Semillon. Yes. Or drier than the than a typical Semillon yeah. Sauvignon Blanc. Which I guess is why. You made the mistake of thinking it was a Chardonnay, and I yes. agreed with you. <laughs> Maybe. All right, so wine number two. Yes, what was the red? What was the red? So was I right? It. No, we were wrong. Oh, it was the Army of Grapes 2016 Pinot Noir. I was certain that was the Tempranillo. Look look at your smug face. You you knew this was a a, a Pinot Noir. 
<laughs> and smelling it from the bottle, I can smell that it is not a Tempranillo. What? But, Got it. But smelling it from the glass... It smells completely different out of the bottle. I think we were smelling the glass. I mean, there is a hint of tomato, but it's more uh, a caramelly flavor. Yeah. I think it was the glass. I think I was smelling more, the more glass. More like caramelized malt. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a little... Uh, on the back of this, there's a little blurb. It says... This lovely, cool climate Mount Barker Pinot Noir is glowing purple with a succulent nose showing significant fruit concentration. Dark red cherry, violets, and some brambly notes flavor the palate. Soft and silky tannins are accompanied by a touch of acidity that adds energy and length. Well, I mean, they were right about the, the tannins and the touch of acidity. But yeah, we, I, we I pick- didn't pick up the dark red cherry. No, well, we picked the whole thing as savory. Yeah, I I did have a very savory flavor out of it. Yeah, like it had no sweet notes whatsoever. Mm, admittedly, I'll point out that this particular bottle of wine is eight standards, so Holy it's <laughs> it's a strong one. That would be that would explain the, why we picked the. Uh, bitiness, that alcoholic bite. Yeah. Yeah, so that bite was just, it's a strong wine. Huh. I am surprised because it tasted very tomato-y and smelled very tomato-y. So, let's check the first one and find out if we were completely wrong on all counts. We were wrong and we were wrong for two out of two so far. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, so we do need to talk about the colour. Oh, yeah. And this is the... Uh, this is your glass, Fanny. You have to finish this one. Whoa! Yeah, so looking at the Pinot Noir... Holy shit! I'm, I'm not getting the purple that they describe on the label. This is like a deep blood red. This is a, the most vibrant I've seen of red wine, to be honest. I mean, it looks stunning. I mean, it tasted fantastic as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. But it looks amazing. So red, so vibrant. Wow. Uh, how do, how they get away with describing it as a deep purple <laughs> is beyond me. And... Oh, have you just cleaned it again? Oh, are we smelling it again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, smell it again, mate. Oh, yeah, okay. See if... But smell it again. See if there's any difference now, now that we know what it is or what we should be looking for. Do you smell those cherries and uh, the other things? <laughs> I still don't. It still smells like tomato soup. Really? Got it. You're right. No, I... I... I still stick with my previous statement. Mm. Unless I just haven't consumed enough dark red cherries to know what they smell like. But I'm pretty sure I know what cherries smell like. Me, Yeah, and they don't smell like this. No. Like, it's a nice idea, and it's a very nice description, and it would certainly sell me on the wine. And if I bought that wine based off that description on the back of the bottle and then drank it, 
I still wouldn't be disappointed despite the fact that it tastes nothing like what's described. Because it's still really good. Like to be honest though, I'm I it To be honest, though, it's so different from what they described. I'm actually worried that it was mislabeled. It is so different to to mm. the like black cherries and they, medium tannins. Yeah, and they and describe the it as being a deep purple in color. That is and a, it's a, a vibrant, bright red. It's an orangey red. Yeah, like nothing like a like a deep purple. Yeah, perhaps that was actually a mislabeled, not Pinot Noir at all. Hmm. You may need to e- send. You may need to shoot them off an email and find out. Well, I mean, it, it's a 2016. At, at this point, it's a little bit late. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we may be three years too late to save them on that one. <laughs> Maybe. So we've rambled and, enough. So yep, time so for now we're on to the third wine number one. So the very first wine was Did we didn't oh, get it right. We were wrong. No, it was the. Heresy 2018 Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. Obviously, we have a lot to learn about wine. I thought you would at least get it right. Well, I thought I would get it right as well. But clearly, my knowledge, (laughs) clearly my ability to pick a good wine does not translate across to being able to pick what a wine is. Right. There are a lot of varieties of wine. Well, yeah. Perhaps it's uh, just... You're just picking... Well, we are both picking assumptions based on the name. I mean, Mm. I'm pretty sure we've had one of your heresy wines before. Oh, yeah. Well, and as well, we've... I think we we both... Our brains immediately led us towards the most common varietals. That is true. That is very true. So, the heresy is... Say, heresy is... Yeah, so the heresy is a Pinot Grigio, as we said. There's not much of a description on the back. It says, This is Grigio with soul, made with love of sight and variety, brilliantly versatile with food. And I mean, they're spot on. Like, it's a fantastic white wine, and it is versatile, and I could see having it with almost anything. And... Now that I know what it actually is, I can see why they just why it is a Grigio. Yeah, the, the difference between a Grigio and a Gris was the 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 full bodiedness. Like they had similar flavors, but the um, Grigio is quite mild. Yeah, and I mean there are a lot of similarities between that and what we thought it was. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah, so I think that's where we get caught out because our brain's always looking to put it into the biggest, simplest box. And the biggest, simplest box is the best known. It's it's a Chardonnay. It's a Tempranillo. It's a, it's a Sauvignon Blanc. They're all very common. They're the most common wines. Yeah. I mean, Tempranillo is not overly common, but... But, but it, has the most disti- it has the most distinctive flavor. Yeah. Of that, that tomatoiness. Mm. And, yeah, so we just went, what's the biggest box that this probably fits into? <laughs> Bang. And, I mean, had we seen the wine, I'd have known just from looking at this Pinot Grigio that it's not a Sauvignon Blanc. 
Hmm. It's got the wrong color. Interesting. Because we haven't described the color of this. And it is... It's it's, it's a golden yellow. Golden straw. It's a very light golden straw color. Hmm. Def- well, definitely straw, but more more deeper, more warm than the the pale colors you'd expect. Yeah, exactly. So I, I still disagree with the label on the Pinot Noir. Yes, I, I also disagree with the label on the Pinot Noir. It's <laughs> it's not. It's, it it's not taste. as they described. I don't no. get the cherry at all. No, no, there is zero fruit in that except for tomato. Yeah, I just get lots of tomato. Hmm. Like tom- like all these savory flavors come at me. So yeah. So, in in summary, what you see is what you get. Yeah, and so if you if your game. Drink something without knowing what it is. Yeah, get your partner or a friend to pick a wine. Because how much of what you're drinking is psychosomatic? How much of it is the is that you're tasting the flavour you expect to taste? Oh, so much. So much. And if there's anything we can take away from this episode, <laughs> take that away from it. That we don't really know as much as we thought we knew and once you don't know what you're drinking you really taste it mm. instead of tasting what they want you to taste well and also having like losing a sense it amplifies the other four so with our other four sense without our other four sense uh, amplified we noticed uh, temperature we noticed flavor we noticed mouthfeel or texture uh we couldn't really hear the wine getting poured because that doesn't count either. It's not part of the the description. Yeah. Or part of the experience. Hearing is not part of the, the wine experience. Um so we got yeah, we've got our smell, we've got our taste, we've got our touch. And generally part of the wine experience is the sight. It's looking at it. Mm. It's the colour of it. And it ha- it has made much more different than I expected. Yeah, me too. So, um, undoubtedly, this will be... We should should totally do it again. Yeah, this will continue to blow our minds, probably, (laughs) as we do future completely blind taste tests. Yeah, blindfolded taste test. Maybe. Yes. What should we call them? Like blindfolded taste test? Blind, completely blind taste test? Totally blind taste test. Totally blind taste test. Uh, so, thanks for listening, guys. We It was an experience for us, and I hope it was for you guys too, or guys or girls or non-specific genders. Um, if you liked what you heard, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button or uh, smash that like button or uh, follow us on wherever you get your podcast feeds from. You can find us as A Good Drop All About Alcohol. Yep, we are, of course, also on the socials, Facebook and Instagram as A Good Drop Podcast. Mm. We're uh, posting more and more images on Instagram, like bits and pieces here and there. Loving the... We're really hitting up the craft beer scene at the moment. Um, If you want to send some feedback, uh, comments, questions, uh, any corrections you'd like to make, send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. And uh, if there's any particular episodes you want to listen to and you haven't yet, or you want to direct a friend to check them out, 
we just want to smash our entire library because there's a hundred now and they're all worth a listen you can find every single one of them at our website agooddrop.com.au that's it so what are we doing next week Nickel? So, we did make mention of this during the episode, for those of you who were paying attention, and for those of you who weren't, be sure to tune in next time when we talk about palate cleansers. Hmm. There's a surprising amount of uh, information on it. There is, and why it works, and how it works, and why you should do it. And why, and what would be a good palate cleanser too. Yeah, because there's different things for different situations. And if you want to know all that and more, stay tuned. Until next time. Yeah, until next time, cheers. Cheers.